Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. When you're at the cocktail party with your friends, you know, and people are bragging about owning Bitcoin or whatever it is, it's running, you know, nobody's bragging about owning a fixed annuity and getting 3% on it, right? I mean, nobody brags about that, but the reality is that's a really important investment. And we see that now more than ever. If we've learned anything from the markets in the past couple of years, it's that every portfolio should have a stable foundation. If we think about where we are today, there's no question there's a flight to safety, there's a flight to protection and products that provide guarantees to address what is an increasingly volatile environment that we're in. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. For people navigating financial planning in these shaky times, there's a great deal of comfort in the way that insurance companies can help mitigate risk and still grow wealth. Global Atlantic is one of those companies offering innovative products and solid planning. Today, I'm joined by Rob Arena, co-president of Global Atlantic, where he supports chairman and CEO Alan Levine in operating the business and executing the company's growth strategy. Rob also leads the company's individual markets business and oversees operations and technology. Rob has more than 25 years of experience in the financial services industry, including leadership of the Hartford's annuity business and in his role as president of Hartford Mutual Funds. Previously, he served as senior vice president for American Scandia Prudential Annuities. Rob and I sat down to talk about his lengthy career, the role of insurance companies today, and the importance of safety in your portfolio. His name alone means that he was destined to be on the show. So let's enter the arena with Rob Arena. I uh, graduated college and, and was looking for a job and ended up networking with someone who worked at uh, Paul Revere Insurance Group in, uh, in Worcester, Mass. And ended up getting a job in the group sales department at Paul Revere as a group sales rep training program. And uh, from there, they sent me to Hartford, Connecticut to, to represent that sort of territory. It was uh, most of Connecticut plus Albany. Uh, and that was the beginning stages of my career. And I've been doing various forms of insurance, asset management, that type of space for the last 30 years. How did the Global Atlantic opportunity come to you? I was at Hartford Life for a number of years, and then Hartford made the decision to get out of the wealth management business. And when they did, the business that I was part of was going to shut down. And in a short period of time, we ended up selling kind of the front end of that business to a company called Forthought Life Insurance Company. And Forthought was a preeminent pre-need insurance company that was establishing an annuity presence. And Hartford really escalated that process when we joined. 
But we were only there for six months before we ended up being sold to Global Atlantic. So I had just a brief cup of coffee between Hartford and Global Atlantic with Forethought. And that was the conduit from where I was to, to where I am today. Yeah, awesome. Maybe you can talk about the heritage of Global Atlantic and what you guys do every day. Global Atlantic really started at, at Goldman Sachs. It was sort of the insurance arm of Goldman Sachs back in the early, um, I guess, the early 2000s. And really was focused primarily on serving the needs of institutions. And as it evolved and ultimately separated from Goldman in 2013 as a standalone company privately held from a number of shareholders, it really expanded to what it is today, which at a simple level is we provide retirement and life insurance solutions to uh, individuals and institutions. I think when a lot of people think about insurance, they think about like data and spreadsheets and numbers, but there's a big differentiator in a lot of great companies and that's culture and people. Maybe you can talk about kind of the culture of Global Atlantic, the people you have. I, I looked through the website, your senior team uh, seems incredible. Yeah, you know, I think this has really been our defining or distinguishing characteristic, I would say, around what's allowed us to have the success we've had over a relatively short period of time. It's really about the people and the culture surrounding those people. You know, I describe our culture in three words. It's it's highly collaborative, very entrepreneurial, and it's very inquisitive. And, you know, bring those three things together and it creates what I think has been a unique culture. It's been a differentiated culture. Um, we've got great people and, and, and you package that together. And, and I think that's really been the key to our success that we've had. We've had tremendous amount of success over a pretty short period of time. And, and it's really about our people and around the culture of the organization that, that's uh, enabled us to do that. You guys have been at it for a long time, very successfully, I might add. When you look at the kind of insurance and annuity business, Rob, how has it evolved over the course of your career? Talk about innovation in the industry, change, all of that. It's an interesting question. The, the core part of this business really hasn't changed that much in terms of what it is that we do the solutions that we provide, the value that we deliver to individuals on a day in and day out basis, that core tenant of what we do as an insurance company, what we do as an insurance industry has really not changed that much. Now, how we do it and how we deliver solutions, that's where the biggest change has taken place. And it's been, you know, particularly of recent note, and it's that incorporation of technology, that incorporation of data and intelligence into how we operate, allowing us to be more efficient in delivering our solutions to those individuals. That's the part of the industry that's seen the greatest change. So, you know, what we do in many ways hasn't changed that much, but how we do it and how we deliver it, that's where we're seeing the greatest change. And I would say that change is happening at a particularly, you know, fast pace as we look at where we are today. One thing I did want to ask you about is the way your life and retirement products are distributed is through other financial professionals versus direct to consumer. Talk about how that business model works and um, how you've been able to be successful through third parties. Well, I'll focus on the, the annuity part of the business, although it applies to segments of the life insurance space as well. The majority of annuity products are distributed through financial professionals. There is a small segment that does go direct that tends to be with more simple, straightforward types of products. But for the most part, what we do and the solutions we provide are really part of a bigger financial plan. It's not that you just go and you own an annuity and that is your financial plan. This fits in a bigger financial plan. And so for people who are planning for living in retirement, they get their advice through financial professionals as for financial professionals 
put together those retirement plans to help people, annuities get integrated into it. So for that reason, you'll see these products most often distributed through some place where you can get advice because it's part of a solution. It's not the only solution. You know, what are the challenges with that? You know, one of the challenges is it means that we're just a couple steps removed from that end consumer who is the buyer. Our relationship is primarily through that financial professional. Obviously, we serve the needs and we're entrusted with the assets of, of policyholders, but we do that through delivering and meeting on the needs of, of financial professionals. So that's the benefit of it, but that's also the challenge of it as well. Yeah, I mean, nothing's perfect, but obviously you've, you've had a lot of success over a long period of time doing that and, and completely is common sense that it's one one slice of a full and broad retirement plan. This might be a, a dumb question, Rob, but why are annuities so important for retirees? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, they have never been more important than they are today, and I think that is going to continue. The reality is the way people used to retire and reliance on things like Social Security or defined benefit plans, that was the core of people who retired. So I look at, you know, my parents' generation, and oftentimes for those folks, they have a defined benefit plan that's paying them out money, it's being supplemented with Social Security, and that forms the lion's share of how they live in retirement. Well, as we look at where we are today, you know, defined benefit plans have been largely replaced with defined contribution plans. And so people now need to plan for how they're going to live in retirement on their own. And annuities can help provide the types of guarantees that people need as they live in retirement. You said that a lot of the products over the years have have stayed the same, but have you seen any recent developments or trends kind of in the annuity market that investors or consumers should be aware of? You know, if we think about where we are today, there's no question there's a flight to safety, there's a flight to protection and products that provide guarantees to address what is a increasingly volatile environment that we're in from a market standpoint, rate standpoint. So I think what the shift that we've seen, you know, you think about annuities, there's annuities that are more geared around equities, they call variable annuities, there's fixed annuities that are more rate for term, provide, you know, protection with a defined rate. And what we've really seen is a big shift to fixed annuities where people have certainty to really buffer what they're seeing in the other part of their portfolio that's experiencing a tremendous amount of volatility. Yeah. So a lot of people's retirement, you know, stocks are down. And my guess is by the end of 21, people had like uh, Bitcoin and, you know, all these high flyer internet companies in their portfolio, which is just not the right thing to do. Although, you know, you get emotionally caught up in the bull market? The thing on that you look at people, you know, their, their basic portfolio is a 60-40 portfolio, right? People put that together, maybe a 70-30, whatever it is. The challenge in this environment is it's the 60% that's under stress, but guess what? The 40% bond portfolio is too, because rates are rising. If you're owning bond funds or whatever it is, that's creating challenges. So it's not just part of their portfolio that they've seen have difficulty. It's the entirety of their portfolio. And so that's, led to people seeking alternatives to what can I do to try to create some safety within my portfolio, some protection, some certainty. Um, That's been a big movement to why you see fixed annuities at record levels and, and not even close to record levels, like significantly above previous highs has been that evolution coming together here the last couple of years. you think about the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009, the recession, and now COVID, the past 25 years have really been jarring. 
But these are the times when companies like Global Atlantic can be incredibly helpful getting clients through these difficult cycles. You know, what you'll see, particularly when you look at products with guarantees, fixed annuity types of products, it's really not correlated to the market. So the markets are going down. And this part of your portfolio is staying stable, right, and growing at whatever that rate of return is that's embedded in the annuity. And so really it's that that safety net that people relied on to help them get through markets that go up and down. So you know, it doesn't mean everybody should have all of their money in annuities. Of course not. It just means that these can play an important role as people create a diversified financial plan. And I think you saw the benefits of that, you know, in the stock market correction. You're seeing the benefits of that now. Sometimes in between when they're bull market and it's running and it's going for a while, people can sometimes forget about the value of of having part of their portfolio be protected. It's times like this, and I don't welcome these times by any means, but it is times like this that bring people back and and help them to remember the importance of creating true diversification and having some part of their portfolio be protected so then they can navigate the markets as you go forward. It's so easy to get carried away. You know, like in 21, I'm sitting there and I, you know, I'm not like a young person necessarily, but I'm like, I know I'm in a bubble. I'm buying stupid stuff <laughs> like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking a flyer on it. But, you know, you forget, like, it's so hard to put money in the bank and save for retirement. Like, you just can't get bananas with that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's yeah. a small sliver for it, but you can't go crazy and, like, you know, buying all these all this stuff that is just, like, so far out on the risk curve, it's insanity. Yeah, when you're at the uh, when you're at the cocktail party with your friends, when people are bragging about owning Bitcoin or whatever that it is, it's running. You know, nobody's bragging about owning a fixed annuity and getting three percent on it, right? I mean, nobody brags about that. But the reality is, that's a really important investment to have part of a portfolio, and we see that now more than ever. So, you know, we like the safety of it, we like the protection of it, we like the value that that delivers. These markets certainly reinforce that, and and I think you're seeing that that take place. And we expect that to continue here as we go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I was at the cocktail party. Like I was going layers beyond Bitcoin. I was down to like <laughs> Algorand and thinking, you know, talking about other, all this, other, exactly right. uh, all this other stuff. It's so funny. <laughs> what are some of the misconceptions about insurance that you guys hear from customers or people or just as part of your work? What do you encounter when people kind of are either skeptics or, or they're just maybe not uh, seeing through uh, some of the noise in the market? I think the, the perceptions that, that the insurance industry has had to overcome, you know, haven't really changed. I mean, people perceive them to be complicated. They perceive them to be expensive. And that can be, you know, particularly the complicated part can be overwhelming for people when they think about owning these types of solutions. So, you know, it's not as simple as owning a stock or a bond or an ETF or something like that. There's more to it. You need to be educated on it. I think the industry's done a great job of trying to simplify these solutions, focus on driving down costs, focus on creating greater value. But even with that said, it's still a product that needs to be explained and needs to be understood for what it does for someone in addressing their needs. So, you know, those are the challenges I think that we see today that we have, you know, seen over time. And the other thing I would just add is, you know, the way people sell and buy these products isn't quite as straightforward as it is with other types of financial products. So if I buy a stock or a bond, I can, you know, click a button and, and place a trade. Same with an ETF or a mutual fund. It's a very transactional type of investment. Annuities today, at least, are not yet that. We're trying to get there, 
but oftentimes there's, you know, forms that go along with it and signatures that go along with it. And so, you know, for that reason, they tend to sort of sit on the side of a financial plan versus being integrated into it. And so, you know, that's something that we're working on both as an industry, as a company to figure out how can we make it easier for people, you know, to buy, to sell, to own these types of solutions. We know how important they are. We know the needs but how do we make it easier for people to be able to to sell them, to buy them, to own them versus where we are today? Yeah, kind of cuts both ways though. Like, you know, for me, I I don't want something I can like freak out and sell, like, you know, in one minute, you know, I want to do the signature page to slow me down. Well, the, listen, these are not things that should be traded, right? These are things no. that should be owned. And uh, for sure. And I think that's why they fit into your portfolio. There's other parts of your portfolio that you do things like that with, but but certainly not these, you know, annuity and life insurance solutions. Yeah. So we covered the products you guys are involved with and uh, you touched on the technology. Obviously, every company now or in the future has to be a technology company and you're rapidly doing that. What kind of technology do you use and how does that improve the experience for customers? Yeah, you know, one of the expressions that we have, and I've used this for quite some time, is it's, you know, the insurance business is sort of an analog business in a digital world. And, and that's been, I think, the challenge of this business over the time is, you know, it didn't really evolve and embrace technology at the pace that other industries did. Now, when you think about the pandemic, one of the effects of the pandemic, particularly in this industry, is it kind of forced change upon us because you couldn't go meet with somebody in person as easily or at all. And so um, it sort of accelerated the adoption of technology into the industry at a pace that honestly we needed. And I think we're starting to see the benefits of that. And I think, you know, that shows up in a couple of different ways. One is you know, how do we fit our products into how financial professionals do business with their clients, right? We've got we've to kind of meet that process where it is, as opposed to say, hey, if you want to buy these products, you need to come do it differently than you do everything else. And that's one of the things we're trying to drive from technology standpoint is how do we integrate these products, how people buy them, how they own them in the existing process that takes place today, with their financial professional, as part of their financial plan. And that's a big area of focus from a tech standpoint. And then the second thing is, you know, how do we make it easy to own these things from a self-service standpoint? You know, web capabilities, whether they be, you know, traditional internet or something, you know, an app or something like that, to make these, you know, these products um, more transparent, easily understood, easier to access, easier to get information on. You know, the traditional way these products are supported is people, you know, pick up the phone and call. And that's fine. You know, we'll continue to support that. But but we know that that's working differently in other industries as well. And we need to bring that into the to the insurance space. So, you know, those are the two things I would say. One, making sure these products are integrated with how financial professionals are addressing the needs of the end consumer. And two, how do we make it easy for people to own these once they purchase them? And a lot of that is through technology and and, and providing simple solutions in that way. I know a couple of years ago, you partnered up with KKR, a private equity firm. Maybe talk about how that came about and uh, the benefits to you all from having them as a financial partner. Yeah, uh, KKR has been a tremendous partner. You know, we kind of dated during COVID, which is a tough time to go through that process because you're doing it over Zoom and over the phone, as opposed to the traditional way of doing it in person and getting to meet the people. You know, that process began, you know, almost in the middle of, of when COVID began, but was pretty clear from the beginning that, and, and this is the most important thing anytime you do some type of acquisition, 
is it's all about the culture and making sure you've got the right uh, alignment of culture. And I think that was what was the most clear thing to both parties as we were going through the process is just the fit, the fit of the people, the fit of the culture, that if we came together, that this could be really incredible for both organizations. And we've seen that uh, in the early going. So we are majority owned by KKR. It didn't fundamentally change who we were and how we did business and what our strategy was and what our focus was, but it did better position us to execute on it. They've got tremendous asset management capabilities. We've been able to leverage that in creating compelling solutions that we deliver to consumers, and that's been a big part of it. They've got tremendous relationships that we've been able to leverage from a capital standpoint, which is really, really important. And they've got tremendous sophistication, and, and that's been helpful for us as well. So it's been a great partnership, and I think we've, you know, in a couple of years, seen tremendous benefits, and we're looking forward to the future. I think when customers are looking to round out their retirement portfolio, they want to seek out the most trusted business. And I, I noticed on your website, uh, you talk about the financial strength, not necessarily the backing by KKR, but just generally the financial strength of the business and the different rankings on the website. Maybe you can talk about that because it's so important. What I say all the time is, listen, we're in the trust business, right? Ultimately, people give us money and we give them back, you know, a piece of paper or series of piece of papers called a contract that tells them what we are going to deliver to them. Um, but that's it. You don't walk out with a tangible thing, right? It's an intangible product and it's ultimately a promise business. And so, you know, at the core of what we do is make sure every single day that we are living that promise and we're meeting those obligations and delivering on what we committed to deliver to that policyholder. If you don't get that right, then, you know, you don't deserve to be in this business. And we take that responsibility incredibly seriously in all of our interactions. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, is at the core of our culture uh, as an organization is, you know, we use the word integrity all the time. We need to have integrity in how we operate and, and making sure that, that we are constantly, you know, living up to the promises we make on a day in and day out basis. It's good to hear that from you, Rob, but there are a lot of third parties that have recognized Global Atlantic as well. Maybe you could talk about some of the awards or accolades that you all have received, you know, like the awards 50 list, some other formal recognition from third parties, which really also makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, the awards list you brought up, we've been uh, received that uh, a number of years in a row, which has been great. It's a list where they evaluate life insurance companies in the United States and and based on a number of different criteria, you know, they have a list of folks who who receive that award. And, and we've been fortunate enough to do that for a number of years now, which has been awesome. You know, other things you talked about financial strength. You know, we spend uh, a lot of time with our rating agency partners. We received a number of rating upgrades over the last uh, few years. I think that's reflective of the good work we continue to do in managing this business and delivering on our commitments. And that gets recognized. And then with our partners, we've got tremendous relationships with our partners, whether those be financial institutions, financial professionals, other life and uh, annuity companies that we partner with on the institutional side. You know, to us, that's really the, the most sort of reinforcing award is when day in and day out, we get an opportunity to earn that business. That's what we work for, right? So that's what we're focused on is making sure that we're delivering on those commitments to those customers. And I think, you know, our success is sort of indicative of, of the good work that they're our team of close to 1,400 people do every single day. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that's a that's a huge team. My last question, Rob, is maybe talk about the senior team, uh, which seems so impressive and how you guys work together and, and plan and, you know, take this thing to the next level. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it starts at the top with our CEO, Alan Levine. I mean, we're in a unique position where we've only had one CEO as a company, right? He is sort of the founder uh, of this company way back when at Goldman Sachs and has been at the helm since that point to where we are today. And so I think that's, you know, that's clearly unique. I mean, where do you have a company in, in the insurance space where you've had the same person not just lead it, but found it and lead it over those years? And then you take a look at our our leadership team, our leadership team is really a combination of people who've been part of the journey from the beginning. So part of the team with Alan early on coming out of the Goldman background and then supplemented with folks who have joined since then who bring sort of that outside experience in. And so, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot and one of the things I think has been a huge value for us is the diversity of that team. You know, our background, our experiences, all those things, you know, that's so critical. I think that's what allows us to engage in you know, the right types of discussions and have the right types of perspectives at the table to help us make better decisions. But, you know, it starts at the top and Alan's done a tremendous job and he's been with us from the beginning. But then you've got that great balance of people who have been with Alan from day one with folks like myself and others who have joined after the fact. We talk a lot about diversity and, and I think that's, you know, at the core of what that leadership team represents. There's a great simplicity and focus to what Global Atlantic does. They're a trusted brand with a strong, diverse management team and a relentless commitment to customer service. All of this has played a big role in driving the business forward. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon to be public companies. Thanks for listening. I want to thank Rob Arena for being on the show and sharing his experiences and insights. I look forward to checking in with him and Globe Atlantic down the road. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.